Welcome to the Cloud on Out podcast. My name is Andreas. And my name is Michael. We are freelancers focusing 100% on AWS. Obviously, we are brothers too. And uh, we do things like technical coaching. We do infrastructure bootstrapping. We do security reviews of AWS accounts and stuff like that. So we help our customers to accelerate their journey to the cloud. And every other week, we are recording this podcast And each time, one of us prepares the topic. So this week, um, it's up to you, Michael. So what's the topic that you have prepared? Yes, Andreas. So uh, today, we are going to talk about a new feature that AWS released recently, and it's called Savings Plans. So do you have uh, any idea what Savings Plans um, are about? I'm not 100% sure. I hope it's, uh, are they building a, a bank? <laughs> so is it to save for to save for college for kids? Or is it, <laughs> I don't know what it's about. That sounds funny. So obviously it sounds uh, finance related. So probably it has something to do with my AWS bill, right? Yes. So so the, the last part is, is, is correct. And uh, so it has to do something with your AWS bill. And it's actually a new way to reduce your AWS bill. And the... The bigger story behind this is that um, if you are a, a cloud user uh, which or if you are an AWS user, you are used to uh, so-called on-demand capacity and also on-demand pricing. So you, you pay per use, which means if your EC2 instance, for example, is running, then you pay per second it is running or per minute if it's a Windows machine. Um, so that's very flexible for us, the users or the customers of AWS. But AWS itself has to do some capacity planning because they they should basically have the goal to never run out of, of, of resources. Uh, so they have to kind of predict upfront um, the, the future load to provision enough hardware for us uh, that we can run our instances. So that's a kind of a... Um, two different goals um, and saving plans are kind of um, a feature that allows AWS to do some resource planning and us as a benefit it allows to reduce our AWS bill. So basically we get a discount on uh, a few compute resources and AWS gets some um, more predictability. So that's kind of the deal here and uh, you might think okay but this is not very new so there have been other ways to do this um, and that's correct so uh, we had a way to do uh, reserved instances on ec2 so this basically is a way uh, that you commit to a certain amount of usage um, and then you could um, either pay upfront or you could also pay uh, per month um, so this was possible before, but there were a lot of limitations with these existing methods and it was not very flexible in many ways. Uh, so um, that's what the saving plans are kind of improved. So that's why we are going to talk about them today. And we also try to compare them to the existing features that are already out there that you might already use. So um, one last question before we actually start, Andreas. Um have you uh, um, ever used one of the features to uh, reduce the uh, AWS bill with um, like a commitment, an upfront commitment um, to AWS? 
Yes, so we did um, some, or we, we did buy some reserved instances in the past. Um, but um, what was a problem recently is that we are moving more and more workloads to AWS Fargate, so to container-based uh, infrastructures. And always the problem was there that there was no such way as yeah, buying reserved instances there. So that was why we haven't used it uh, so much recently. But of course, we, we, we have been doing so um, with reserved EC2 instances before. Yes. Um, maybe, Michael, one question before we start. So um, what is the discount that I can expect from using something like AWS Savings Plans? Yeah, so I think with with saving plans, it it's not so easy because they are kind of or it varies a little bit or not a little bit. It varies quite dramatic. So there there can be savings from ten to seventy percent actually. So and and we are we are talking about the reasons for this and 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 all those details in a few minutes. So um, okay, so let me go into um, the details now. So let's talk about savings plans. So the feature was actually announced in early November. So um, it's, I think, now 15 days or something um, since we have this feature. And I think the, like, the big benefit of using savings plans is that they are really easy to use. Um, because um, with savings plans, you now commit to a certain amount of US dollars in usage per month. So you don't have to um, specify any instance types or things like this you can if you like say okay i'm going to spend 10 us dollars per hour with aws um, for the next year or the next three years and then you get a discount on those um, 10 us dollars and you can choose to pay um, everything um, upfront uh, or partially upfront or you can also uh, pay nothing upfront, and depending on all these settings, like if this is a one or three year contract, and if you pay everything upfront or nothing upfront, the discount then varies on the um, the ten US dollars that you actually commit to pay. Um, so um, that's kind of how savings plans work. And the cool thing is, um, as you already mentioned, um, that it is possible with savings plans to also get a discount on the Fargate um, Fargate uh, bill. So it doesn't only work for EC2, it works for Fargate as well. Um, so the idea is that it, I think in the future it will work for all the compute uh, services of AWS. So you can just say, okay, I'm going to spend $100 or maybe $1,000 um, on um, compute in AWS. And then you basically commit to this amount of, of spending and then you get a discount on this amount of money that you are committing to spend no matter if you actually spend it or not. So if you do not use the uh, committed amount of dollars, then you are, you are, you are, you are um, built for it, um, even if you're not using it. So this is a commitment that you make to AWS, and so you have to pay for it, and no matter if you use it or not. So that's kind of um, how the savings plans work. Okay, so... I think it's time to, um, before we go more into details, it's time to, to talk a little bit about the discounts that are possible because that's actually, I think, a one of the biggest motivations for us as customers to use the feature at all. Um, so um, I have a few examples for you, Andreas, um, and we have to be very careful because the pricing is different for every region in AWS and also the discounts could be different in every region. Um, so... Um, that's something that we, we have to take into account. So the examples that I give you are um, 
from the North California region. Um, so uh, keep this in mind if you check the, the, the prices with other regions. They, they could be and they are very likely different. So one of the newer generations is the M5MA um, instance type. So that's a um, powered by um, not the Intel processors but by the uh, AMD processors. And um, an X-Large instance costs you um, around .202 US dollars, and that's the on-demand rate. So this is if you start if you just launch the EC2 instance without anything else, then you are buying an instance um, according to the on-demand rate. And the saving plans rate is .163 US dollars. So this is a 19% discount. Um, if you are using um, saving plans. And there are similar discounts for M5, uh, for example, uh, also um, M5 large, M5A large. So they are all roughly 20% um, in discount. And um, the next family is the C family. So this is the compute optimized family where you can where you get more uh, CPU for your money. And there we see a discount of uh, 26%, for example. And um, we can go on in this list, um, going on to the memory um, um, intensive um, family, the R family, where you get a 30% discount, for example. And then we have um, a one of the older instance um, families, M2. And there you can, for example, expect a discount of 50%. So that's kind of a few data points. So Andreas, uh, what do you think about the discounts here? Okay, so actually what you can see is the discount um, varies very much. So it depends on the instance type, it depends on the region. And um, one thing I'm wondering about, does it also depend on the, the, the commitment? So do, if I do it for one year, three years, how much I pay up front? Is that also, I, I assume it's also reflected in the discount, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So, if you so, for example, if you uh, switch from one year to three year contract, then the discount will get better. Um, and if you, also if you if you switch from no upfront payment to all upfront, the discounts also get better. Okay, and your your example was for which options for the savings plan? I think it was one year all upfront. Okay, so I can I can even expect more discount if I go to, for example, a three year term. The cool thing is that um, there are actually two types of uh, savings plans so one is called the compute savings plans and this is what i uh, showed you uh, or what i demonstrated you with the uh, the examples so those uh, were all discounts provided by the compute savings plans and the cool thing here is that if you commit to maybe ten dollars per hour of spending you are not at all uh, tied to any instance type you can even switch from ec2 to fargate in the future so that's very flexible so, for example, if you are um, thinking about between one-year and three-year contract, um, so before savings plans, you always had to take into account, okay, what happens if AWS makes a major change to their platform? So, for example, if they release a new uh, instance family, or maybe they release something that's completely different, or maybe completely new EC2, I don't know uh, what kind of thing it could be, maybe EC3, yeah? Um, but if they release something like this and you have a three-year commitment and you are kind of in troubles because you cannot switch because you have this big uh, commitment made in, in the past. But with savings plans, it's actually very easy. You can even migrate your workloads within those three years from EC2 to Fargate and you will still benefit from the discount and from the commitment that you made. So that's pretty uh, flexible, I think. 
Um, there's also a, a second type of savings plans and it's only for EC2 instances um, and it applies to a part, so like to a specific family like for example the M5, the C5 or R5 family and it also is tied to a region. So they can also expect different discounts. Um, and that's something that I actually forgot uh, when I talked about compute savings plans. They are even in a region independent. So um, s let's assume I'm running my workloads in Ireland at the moment because I'm maybe uh, based in, um, I'm not sure, maybe I'm based in um, Italy. And for some reasons in one year, AWS opens a new data center in Italy. And then I can migrate all my workloads to Italy and still the saving savings plans uh, i don't have to adjust it it is it is the same savings plan uh, and it works across regions so that's also pretty cool so you cannot even switch between ec2 and fargate you can also switch between regions while you are having your savings plan okay so that sounds very flexible i think um the flexibility also makes it much easier to use it because you don't have to change modify your reservations all the time you just um, buy them once and then um, they work whatever you uh, whatever changes you do to your infrastructure that sounds interesting uh, i have i have another question michael so you talked about the discounts a little bit about how savings plans work but how do i actually get a savings plan <laughs> so what do i have to do um yeah so The integration, um, or I think the easiest way to get um, or buy a savings plans is um, through the cost manager. And so you um, you open the cost manager in the um, in the the billing and cost management dashboard, and there you can purchase a savings plan. And now there is um, there are basically two ways uh, to do it. If you are running a single AWS account, which is I mean, if you do this professionally, then it's not very likely. But if this is your private account, then you might only have one single AWS account. Then AWS Savings Plan will um, kind of suggest the best plan for you. So they will look into the history of your usage and they will um, provide the best option for you based on the uh, usage pattern of the past, I think, up to 90 days. Um, so that's one option and that's actually the, the easiest options and then you just get a, a screen where they say okay if, if this is your monthly commitment then this will be your saving so that's pretty easy problem with this approach is unfortunately it doesn't work if you're using multiple AWS accounts and you link them together um, in an AWS organization so if you receive a single bill for multiple AWS accounts this um, nice feature uh, which helps you to actually configure your savings plan doesn't work um, so that's kind of a uh, a problem so at the beginning when I was reading about the launch of this new uh, feature I was just jumping right into the cost management cost manager and I selected everything and it, it always it, it was not working so I, I didn't get any recommendations um, from the savings plan and it, and it turns out that it's not working but you still can kind of create this recommendation on your own. Um, the data is in uh, the cost manager. So you can, you basically have to look at your baseline spending um, for compute, which is easy to and uh, Fargate likely. Um, and so you can also get to this number uh, pretty easy on your own um, by using other AWS tools. Okay, fine. And then I'm just buying the savings plan. Uh, if I 
selected upfront payment. I need to pay for that immediately. If not, I'm just uh, committing to the compute usage. Okay, fine. That, that sounds easy. So you mentioned that um, savings plans is also a big deal for container workloads on Fargate. So maybe you can, can you explain a little bit to me um, how this works and also what the problem has been in the past for container-based workloads on Fargate? So if you, if you run the same container on an EC2 instance with two CPUs and eight gigabyte of memory, um, then it is um, maybe $1. And if you run the same thing on Fargate, then you pay $1.20 for it. So that's maybe an acceptable um, sort, sort charge. But if you now compare this to the so-called reserved price of an EC2 instance, and that was the feature that we had before to reduce our EC2 bill, then this difference um, could be up to 70%. Yeah, so for very, for very steady workloads, Fargate was not really competitive with EC2 with reserved instances. That was the problem, yeah. And this was especially if like the, the containers are a little bit bigger. So for example, if we, if we are in an enterprise project where there are like larger applications in terms of memory footprint, um, then they, it, it's really easy to, to do the math that, that the, the EC2 option with reserved instances is, is much cheaper. Um, okay, so this was before savings plans. And um, luckily now we have uh, savings plans. So if we uh, basically do the math again, then the sort charge that we have to pay now uh, is around uh, 34% compared to EC2 reserved pricing. Um, and all my examples uh, were based on a one-year term with uh, all upfront payment. But now it's, it's again more competitive. So from 70%, we are down to 34%, which, um, which could be... Um, okay for most teams if if you if you're not running very large amounts of containers so the economics of scale do not work for your uh, internal teams to do it on their own i think it is a, a a more reasonable price now than it was before with the savings plan yes also you get you have to or you have to you can reduce your operational effort a lot because you don't have to manage the easy two instances anymore so i think the surcharge of 30 percent is probably um or should be in the range um, that is uh, the effort that you have to spend managing a cluster on your own. So I think that's probably uh, at least competitive, yeah. Yes. So that, that's also what I think. So uh, I understand that it was hard to, 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 to get this uh, benefit with 70%, but, but now I think it's, it's, it's really reasonable um, uh, to accept the uh, 34% for all this work that gets done by AWS for you. So... So that's cool. Um, so the containers uh, is one big benefit of using saving plans um, compared to reserved instances. Uh, so what else is the difference between the reserved instances that we had before and now the savings plans and the new feature of AWS? Um, yeah, so let me go into this uh, in more details. And now it gets, it gets a little bit tricky because uh, reserved instances, and this was the basically the way to reduce your easy to build before savings plans. And they evolve quite a bit over time. So we have um, four different types of reservations that you can make. And within those types, there are also different options like with all upfront, no upfront, one year term, three year term. So this kind of stays the same. So the term and the uh, upfront payment options are the same. 
Um, but now we have different options within reserved instances. So let me start with the strictest, strictest possible way for a reservation. Um, this is you reserve um, a, a um, EC2 instance type in a specific availability zone. So you don't have any region flexibility, uh, so you cannot switch the region. Um, you can also not switch the availability zone. So, and now I have to make a short like disclaimer. So you can modify the reservation and change the availability zone, but by default, the reservation only applies to a single availability zone in a single region. And it also applies to a specific instance type. Um, so for example, C5 large. Um, so you cannot easily change the instance family. But the big benefit that you get is a capacity reservation. So you don't, uh, you, you're, you're not only getting a discount, you also get a capacity reservation. So you have guaranteed capacity in this availability zone for this instance type. So that's the standard reserved instance for a um, availability zone. And I will talk about the capacity reservation um, in a few minutes again, because that's actually a very unique feature um, of reserved instances. Okay, so now we have um, a second type of uh, reserved instances, which is the uh, convertible um, uh, reservation in a specific availability zone. Um, you get a, a, a bigger discount here. Um, again, you don't have, you cannot, so it's, it applies to a specific region. Um, and it, it also um, applies to a specific availability zone, um, also to a specific instance type, um, and also to a specific instance family. But the, the thing is, or what the convertible basically means, is that you can change the instance family now. Uh, so you have to change uh, or modify your reservation, but because it's a convertible reservation, you can actually switch to a different instance family. So which is very helpful if you have, for example, a three-year three -year term. So within three years, it's very likely that AWS will release a new generation of um, an instance. So for example, from C5 to maybe the new C6 instance type. So that's something that would help you in this case, because then you can... Uh, actually convert your reservations to the new C6 uh, instance types that might be released in the, in, during the three years. Um, those reservations also come with a capacity reservation. Okay, so Michael, the difference between a standard reservation and a convertible reservation is with a convertible reservation, I can change the instance family of my reservation. Uh, it does not apply automatically, but I can modify this reservation. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So I'm getting a higher discount on the standard one because I'm less flexible and a little bit less of a discount with the convertible. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay, fine. Okay. But both of them are, uh, so the scope for both of these types that you discussed is uh, the availability zone. So I have a reservation for a specific availability zone and also capacity reservation. Okay, got that. Okay, so you mentioned that there are four types, so there are two more. <laughs> so let's go to yes. that. And now it, it basically, the only thing that changes is that we are switching from the availability zone scope, we are now going to the region um, scope. So uh, the uh, standard reserved instance for a region, basically you are now tied to a region, so you're no longer tied to an availability zone. 
Um, and you have, um, because of that, you have uh, full flexibility of the availability zone within the region. Um, and um, you have also instance type flexibility uh, within the region. So you don't have to modify the reservation anymore if you change from C5 large to C5 extra large or something like this. Um, so you can, they're basically, so there's an internal table how basically they have some new factor that they can say, okay, so if this reservation was for this instance type, it also applies to half of a um, to an extra large from a large instance, for example. So it's a little bit more complicated, but it, it, it basically is easier to use actually because you you can just buy a reservation and then it applies to any instance size within the family, um, depending on the factor that they use to convert the, the, the size um, but this is usually like just if you if you maybe if you go from a large to an extra large the, the factor is just uh, two times higher um so that's not that hard to um actually estimate okay um we don't have um instance family flexibility here so you cannot change the family so if you are uh, if you have a reservation for c5 then you have a reservation for c5 um and now the big um the big change here is that you don't get a capacity reservation anymore because you are not tied to an availability zone, and you're only tied to a region, and that's why you don't get a capacity reservation anymore. Because the availability zone actually is kind of the data center of AWS. So if you're not tied to an availability zone, then you also can't get a, a, a reservation for capacity. Okay, so last but not least, now we have um, the, uh, the convertible reserved instance that is bound to a region. And here you have... Um, Basically, compared to the uh, the standard uh, version that I talked about before, you you get instance family flexibility, so you can modify the reservation. So that's basically the uh, the the difference. Um, as 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 I said, there's also no capacity reservation included here. Um, okay. So why is the capacity reservation important? So we experienced problems in one of the regions that our customers use, uh, which is uh, Frankfurt, um, EU Central 1. So we had an outage in one of the availability zones. It was basically not available for a few hours. Um, and in this case, um, everyone that has an automated setup, for example, uh, autoscaling groups, will, um, in a very short amount of time, move um their workloads from this availability zone that's not working anymore and spread it to the other two availability zones that are available. So if the workloads are uh, evenly distributed, we have 33% of workload in every um, availability zone. So if you do the math, um, if one of the availability zones goes down, then you are basically shifting 33% of your workloads to the other two uh, availability zones. Um, and if every customer of AWS is doing this, then AWS will run into issues because uh, they don't have so much free capacity available in the other availability zones. And we experienced a lot of troubles with AWS services, including Fargate during this time, because, for example, Fargate was not able to launch containers anymore and because they just didn't, there was no capacity uh, available anymore in, in, in Frankfurt and the other two um, availability zones. And these problems can also apply to EC2 instances. And it, it gets more tricky if you run on the really big machines. So if you are looking for high memory machines and things like this uh, in, in such uh, cases where a availability zone goes down, then uh, you will likely not get 
um, one of those instances. And there will be just an error from the API that says that there's no capacity available. And then you have to wait. Um, and depending on, um, basically you wait until the other availability zone is running uh, again because AWS will not be able to provision uh, new machines during this two-hour downtime window. So um, that's kind of a problem. And if you rely on these machines, um, then you might have to think about a capacity reservation. Um, but basically then it's you who pay for um, the um, additional capacity. Like you basically over-provision your systems uh, to deal with the case where one of the availability zones goes down. So it's it's expensive to be prepared for these kinds of events. Um, but if your application requires it, um, then it's something that you have to uh, that you have to keep in mind, and that you can only get guaranteed capacity with such a reserved instance reservation tied to a specific availability zone. Okay, yeah, that's very that's very important to remember. So the instances that are already running are fine, but if you want to launch new instances to replace instances from a failed availability zone, then you probably uh, will run in no capacity errors in case of, for example, an availability zone outage. Yeah, it, that's what we have um, experienced many times. So um, that's something you have to keep in mind when designing your architecture. Yeah, okay. So now let's have a look at the two... Um, new versions of savings plans that we have. So we have the compute savings plan, which works for um, containers and EC2 instances at the same time. Um, there you have um, you have region flexibility. So that's the only way you get region flexibility is with compute savings plans. Was not possible before. You have full um, availability zone flexibility. You have full instance type flexibility. You have full instance family flexibility without any modifications that you have to do. And you don't have any capacity reservation. So basically, the only thing that you don't get is a capacity reservation. So let's look at the um, EC2 instance savings plan type. Um, so the, the benefit here is that the discount is a little bit higher compared to the compute savings plan. Uh, you don't have region flexibility. So an EC2 instance savings plan is uh, tied to a specific region. You have full um, availability zone flexibility. You have full instance type flexibility. Uh, you don't have instance family flexibility. And you also don't make a capacity reservation here. So um, in general, you can say that savings plans are more flexible compared to reserved instances. Um, but you also have to take into account that the discounts are not the same. So let me give you a few examples. Um, and this is all now depends very heavily on the instance type that you choose, the terms and so on. So the example that I have here for you is um, a discount for an M5 large um, running on Linux in, again, North California on a one-year term and you pay everything up front. So with a compute savings plan, you get a discount of 20%. With a um, reserved instance um, that is convertible, you also get 20% discount. With an EC2 instance savings plan, you get a 30% discount. And with a reserved instance standard version, you get um, also 30% of discount. So basically... Um, you don't only so the flexibility comes uh, kind of with with its own costs, <clears throat> but um, 
yeah so usually so this is how my understanding is that that savings plans are much easier to handle because they come with the the highest savings uh, sorry <laughs> they come with the highest flexibility so compute savings plans are the flexible are are, are um, very flexible co- compared to all the others um while um you get the, the highest discount um, for the standard reserved instance um, type uh, or EC2 instance savings plan. So if you look for a big discount, then you are maybe looking into these regions. If you're looking into flexibility, then basically compute savings plans are um, are the option for you. So Michael, one thing, but what I'm what I'm um, what's interesting here, I think, is that the compute savings plan gives you the same discount than reserved instance convertible. So actually, there is no reason anymore, in my opinion, to use um, the reserved instance convertible anymore because I'm getting the same discount, um, but more flexibility with a compute savings plan. Is that correct? Yeah. And, and the same is true for the EC2 instance savings plan compared to the reserved instance standard reservation. I also get the same discount, but I get much more flexibility with the EC2 instance saving plan. So probably there's also no, not really a need um, to do reserved instances anymore. And speaking about capacity reservations, so um, there is also another way uh, to get a capacity reservation. Um, you can also just um, yeah, provision or buy capacity reservations uh, themselves. So without any a link to um, reserved instances at all. You can go to the EC2 service and just buy your capacity reservations there. So then I can have both. I can have um, the savings plans and buy my capacity reservation separately. Okay, cool. So what else is important when dealing with AWS savings plans? Yeah, so I think as 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 also it was also important with reserved instances. You want to know if you utilize your reservation or your savings plan. So for example, if you if you uh, your saving plans commits to 10 US dollars um, of of usage per hour, you want to know that you actually really use this uh, 10 US dollars because otherwise you still pay for it, but you don't benefit from it. Um, so the way to monitor it is um, that you can, or the way to go with, with monitoring is that you can create a budget um, and the budget, um, you can say, okay, if the utilization drops below maybe 100%, maybe 90%, or maybe 95%, then please alert me. Um, so that's one option. So you can be alerted based on the utilization. And basically, you want to be alerted if it's uh, maybe less than 100% or maybe less than 95 or something like this. Um, so that's an option. Um, the other option is that um, basically the reverse. So you want to know if you are under-reserved. So for example, if you reserved, and uh, no, sorry, if your savings plan covers 10 US dollars per hour, but you're actually using 20 for most of, or for, for every, uh, the baseline is 20, um, then your coverage is 50% because you only cover 50% of your baseline expenses with the savings plan. So you can also create a budget for this. And say, okay, if my if the coverage of my savings plans are below maybe eighty percent or seventy percent, then I also want to get an alert um, and and deal with the, the problem, which basically means um, buy a new savings plan, um, or maybe it could also be the reason that you're maybe doing a migration, and that's why there are two systems running in parallel for the next weeks. Um, but um, 
the data from the budget basically gives you an indication um, and then you have to maybe double check internally in your organization if it makes sense to increase the savings plan here but um, that's a very convenient way to get to get notified um, okay so next thing that i want to talk about um so buying savings plans can be expensive. So, I mean, if you do a, uh, a three-year commitment um, uh, for uh, a certain amount of dollars and uh, with one single click, basically, you can, you can, you can spend a lot of money. Um, so that's why you might want to restrict who is allowed to do this. And this was, able, was possible with reserved instances. So there's an IAM action for this. And there's also an IAM action for uh, savings plans and one recommendation if you're using AWS organizations is that you could, um, in certain accounts, for example, you can just deny it on the STP level so that no one is actually able to to buy such a, uh, a savings plan. Or if you have very fine granular IAM roles within your accounts, you can also make sure that not everyone is able to, um, to buy a savings plan. Um, because, yeah, there is a lot of money involved, um, so... That's one uh, way to protect from these kinds of problems. So you, you spoke about AWS organizations, and this uh, brings one question to my mind. So if I buy a savings plan in one AWS account um, and I'm not using it in this particular AWS account, can other AWS accounts from my organization um, benefit from the savings plan as well? Um, so yeah, that's possible. Um, okay, so what is not possible? Maybe let's talk about this now. Um, the, the, sa the compute savings plan covers EC2 and Fargate. Um, so there are reservation options available for RDS, Elasticsearch, and DynamoDB. And they are not yet integrated into the new savings plans. So they still rely on their like EC2-like way to do reservations. Um, the problem is that it's really... I mean, if you really try to keep your costs uh, down by reservations, you have to track your usage continuously. Um, that's really a lot of work. So we hope that we can see something like savings plans or maybe embed the others' ways into savings plans, so that would be even easier. So there's a single, a single place where we can say, okay, I'm going to spend $10 per month for, for storage or for databases, so please... Um, reduce my bill AWS um, so that would be nice um, yeah yeah obviously yeah so it looks a little bit like that but let's see what the preacher is bringing <laughs> so um, yeah okay um, so yes so these are other options for other AWS services and so we have reserved capacity there and are there any other options to reduce costs for EC2 so let's maybe compare to other options as well yeah, so I think the most prominent way to reduce your bill on EC2 is using spot instances. Um, so AWS made a few changes to the spot market, and I think as of today, the spot market is, is pretty stable, which means the prices are lower than the on-demand prices, and the likelihood that your EC2 instance is terminated because of a price uh, increase is very is very low. Yeah, but what you can get in in terms of, of saving, um, so again, uh, in the North California region, if you are looking for an M5 large instance, um, the spot price is 60% uh, below the on-demand price, So which is, which is great. I, I mean, that's a, a huge saving. 
Okay. So I think that's that's it, Andreas. Um, so we talked about the new savings plans. Um, any 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 question um, that you have uh, that is not answered yet by my. Um, no, thank you very much, Michael. So that was very interesting. So AWS savings plans, the very flexible way to commit to a monthly or hourly usage um, sounds very interesting. And uh, I think we should definitely buy our first savings plan. Or did you already do so, Michael? I was fighting with this problem that linked accounts are not working for the recommendation. Um, so I complained a little bit that it's not working and I hope that they are going to fix it soon, but it was not fixed. So I... I did the math on my own, um, but now we have a savings plan. And the cool thing is that, um, so we actually plan to, so we have some workloads on EC2 and we also have some workloads on Fargate and, and the plan is to move it, uh, as you know, Andreas, uh, to migrate it to Fargate, but um, as time permits. And so we expect that we are going to shift most of the stuff to Fargate next year. Yeah, so so a compute savings plan is perfect choice for us. Okay. Exactly. Um, so we are covered. Um, so that's pretty cool. Okay, so basically the recommendation here is that um, the new savings plans are pretty flexible, so they are much easier to manage. So I think they are worth a look. Um, and if you need a capacity reservation, then uh, keep this in mind that, that this is something that you have to do additionally and buy a capacity reservation um, so that you are uh, not uh, running into issues if a availability zone um, goes down. Okay, Andreas, so... It's time for some, a few announcements, and I think the the most important announcement is about uh, reInvent. So that's the big AWS conference in Las Vegas, and I'm also having a a talk there. And if you are if you still have some slots available in your schedule, um, the uh, session takes place on Wednesday, um, and it starts at 10 a.m. in the morning. So that's one of the first sessions. And it's called uh, Cutting Edge Architectures Based on AppSync, Lambda, and Fargate. So there's also some Fargate in here. And the idea of the session is uh, DYC02. So I will put it into the show notes. So um, if you're interested and want to uh, meet me after the talk, so there will be some time after the talk so we can. Um, or if you're interested, then feel free to, to come by and say hello. Uh, so I will be there. So that's for sure. Well, cool. So one thing to mention, there is a blog post that covers the same topic than this podcast episode, and you will find links in the show notes. Uh, also, you will find links to our Twitter, LinkedIn, email uh, to give us feedback. So if you listen to this podcast, please uh, tell us what you think about it. Um, we are very happy to hear from you. Yeah, thanks for listening and see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>